Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SMG Podcast. I'm your host, Sean. And uh, yeah, welcome back. Sorry that it took so long for me to really uh, get the new podcast out. I have uh, I meant to get it out last week, and then I got busy and just got kept getting pushed back. Then I forgot to do it. And then, you know, it came all the way back here. But, you know, it's coming out. We're getting it. So, whatever. Um, now, there's a lot to talk about today. First of all, the Phillies. Oh, God, the Phillies. But we'll hold off on that for a minute. Then we I, I have to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Finals that just happened. Uh, among a few other things. But, uh, first of all, I need to talk about um, the Phillies. Holy hell. Like, seven straight losses? Like... I understand. You're going to go through bad stretches like all se- all season long. There's going to be times where you're just not on, the offense won't click, the pitching won't do well, and it, it's it's never fun to go through. But, like, so, so there's something about seven straight losses. And then, especially, it's getting swept by the Marlins. It's, it's, it's just embarrassing. And, you know... We we it all it sucks, man. Because we're 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 all like, there. It nothing. Just nothing's going our way. That's what I'm trying to say. There's nothing's going our way, and the pit the, the starting rotation, man. It's it's bad. I uh, I I don't want to say that, but it's just flat out bad. Nola has Nola. People are saying Nola's been bad. He's been okay, but. We we need him to be like what he was last year, and then you have Eichoff who was awful, and then now he's injured. Uh, Arietta has been awful. Eflin was Eflin's been really good. He's he's really been the only good like straight up good pitcher, and Pavetta has been pretty good recently. He's had a couple eh, starts as of late, but you know he he has been getting better since he's been called up. He has been one of our better pitchers, so. He has points for that. And then the bullpen, while injured, is still pretty, eh. Like, I know, Morgan just got back, which is great. That's a huge, which is huge. Uh, Hunter, I think, will be back in the next couple weeks. And then you have Robertson, who, uh, I guess, he, he might have another month. But when we, get the, when we get the whole bullpen back, that will really help. And I, man, I really underestimated just how important Kutch was to the lineup. Without him, the lineup just suffers. Uh, you, I heard the stat today. Today, the Phillies scored two runs in the first inning. Those were the fourth and fifth runs they've scored in the first inning since Kutch got injured. That is that is mind blowing. Like, just like how much he stabilized that leadoff spot is crazy. And like I. I we experimented with so many guys there. We started off with Cesar, who was the leadoff hitter last year, and he wasn't. He was okay. Like I, I understand he was hitting, battling through a foot injury. When you, uh, put that uh, like add that into the mix, he he wasn't as bad as you would think. But, it, not not anything you would jump at the chance to you know put in your leadoff spot. Um, we tried that out. He he sucked in the leadoff spot. And then we tried Segura. And he was just cold. Now we're uh, now we're experimenting with Harper, and it's not it's not really working. I don't. I'm gonna be honest. 
Now, people are saying are calling to fire Kapler, and listen, there's a lot of things you can criticize Kapler about, but out of all the Phillies' problems, he's like at the bottom of the list. Like, you, because like now, listen, I don't like this lineup. I don't think I think Harper should be in the middle of the lineup. Uh, same with Hoskins. That's just that's my take on it. You you may disagree, but and I I understand there is a necessity for it because I think Canary should be leading off. You look at his numbers when he has the first plate appearance of an inning this year. He's hitting like four oh seven, which is insane. So I think he should be hitting leadoff. I think he he would provide a spark there, which would you know light a fire up their asses. Um, but you know what. And then I guess here's what my lineup would be. It would be Kingery, Segura. I know Segura has been cold recently, but you know maybe just put him there for now. Followed by Hoskins third, Harper fourth. I like Harper hitting cleanup. Uh, I think that would be a good idea. And then you put uh, Real Muto, Bruce sixth, and then uh, seventh you would have I guess Hernandez, and then eighth would be I guess, um, Rodriguez, Miller, or. Uh, Michael, whoever's playing third base that day, or you could put the pitcher spot there and put Roman ninth if he's playing that day. But uh, the the one thing I'll say about Roman Quinn is that if he can get on base consistently, he would be a great leadoff hitter. But he can't do that, at least at least yet. If, if I hope he can do, he will be able to do that in the future. Because if he could, he would be a great leadoff hitter. But he's not doing that right now. So, like, you know. The other thing is John Molly is a problem. Can we please get him fired, you know, into the sun? Because it's not a coincidence that you have these hitters that have been uh, consistently great throughout their career all of a sudden go through long, long-ass slumps. It's like Segura, for instance. He, throughout his career, he has consistently put up, th- put uh, hit 300. He's never gone through long slumps. He comes here and he, um, he's just ice cold. Ice cold. And then you have, like, Real Muto, who was tearing it up in the Marlins, and now he's he sucks. Not know what he... Uh, Real Muto doesn't suck. I don't know why I said that. He does not suck. But, you know, he, he's going through long slumps. I have no idea why I said Real Muto sucks. That was weird. But, you know, whatever. And now you, you see what, like, Alfaro's doing on the Marlins. Now, you know what I'll say? Alfaro actually had better numbers. Like, I looked at his numbers from last year, and they were better than I thought they were. He did strike out a lot, but you see he's on the Marlins now, and he's like, he's doing pretty well. Now, you, now especially, the best example of this is J.P. Crawford. When J.P. Crawford was here last year, and, you know, the, his entire time here, he was, he was awful. He couldn't, hit, he couldn't hit for anything. He's on the Mariners now, and he's legit raking. He's, he's getting on base. He's doing what... He's living up to what he should he should have been when he was here. That that is not a coincidence that he leaves and all of a sudden he's great. Like just please get John Molly fired. Just get him out of here. It's ridiculous. And I I keep seeing people saying Matt Klintak should be fired. Now I will say Klintak should have gotten a pitcher in the off season. I I do think that was a need that he overlooked, and he was. He did overlook a big need because uh, there were there were options. He could have gotten Gio. I think he should have gotten Gio Gonzalez. Uh, seeing what he's doing with the Brewers now, but uh, just any pitcher really, like anything's better. Like because 
you know, Eikhoff's, Eikhoff started giving up home runs, like, uh, at-bat after at-bat. Arietta hasn't been good. Uh, Nola's been okay, but not where we need him to be. Eflin has been really the only pitcher who's been, like, really good. Um, and then you have Pavetta, who, since he got called from AAA, has been great. He, I mean, he had a couple of ass starts, but, you know, he had that complete game, and he's been doing well, so credit to him. I know Pavetta hype is uh, salivating over it, and I feel great for him. Great for him that Pavetta's doing well, and I'm happy for Pavetta. So, you know, we're going through this seven-game losing streak, and it sucks. It sucks, man, and they will get better. This is this this isn't gonna last all season, but it sucks, and you know just we'll just have to get through it, and it also especially sucks for me because I won't be able to tweet again until they win, at least I'll, I'll be I'll be tweeting in pictures and gifs, but like whatever, it it's it's all a big mess, but I'm just gonna stop talking about the Phillies, because I'm just getting frustrated and. Uh, something I wanted to talk about real quick. I don't know, uh, is Barry McCockner. I don't know if any of you, like, follow him or anything. I, I, fi- I find the stuff he says funny. Like, I, I, call me immature. Call me, I, I am immature. My humor is immature. But I just think he's funny. I, I listen to his podcast and, you know, it's, he, I think, yeah, I just think he's really funny, but. Um, the one thing is sometimes he, he, I feel like he goes way too far sometimes. I know he's a troll account. I know he, that's how he gets his kicks, but like saying stuff like, like, uh, like this, like the Boston athletes getting shot at when the, uh, like the day after David Ortiz got shot. Like, no, you don't do that. Especially like when a lot of people didn't know, like whether he'd be okay or not. I'm glad I'm, I'm Beyond glad David Ortiz is okay. Because, like, obviously, you don't want anyone to get shot. Like, no matter who they are. But, like, David Ortiz, out of all Boston athletes, and Boston athletes might be the most unlikable people on the planet, but David Ortiz is a rare exception. Because you, if you hate David Ortiz, you're either a Yankees fan or just a terrible person. Like... He's just say say he did roids. I don't care, but he's just he's likable, he's fun, uh, he's just all around a great guy. And you know, when I heard he got shot, I wanted to cry, cause it was like uh, I gotta say I'm really glad he's recovering well. Um, I'm I'm glad that he's uh you know, he reached out to family members. He's been talking to his former players. Uh, or former former teammates, and uh, it it just I'm just really glad that he's alive and you know doing well. Like thank God, and you know, honestly the guy who tried to kill him, uh, or the guy or the guys that tried to kill him can go to hell because they're terrible people. Uh, and I hope they rot in jail. I I'm not I forget what country he's from. I forget what country this was in, but I under it's it's got the crime has to be pretty bad down there. I just hope these guys get locked up and uh, never see the light of day again because it's that that is horrible. Like how could how could you be? I I I understand there's like mental problems, but how could you? How evil do you have to be to try to take another person's life? And I heard it was for like 
like eight. Th- what, what was they? They were like hitmen, and they were gonna get like eight thousand dollars. Eight thousand dollars is that what a human life is worth? God, it's it's ridiculous. But you know, this is a sports podcast, so I guess I have to talk about sports. But moving on, the NBA finals. Uh, God. Uh, the Blues won. The Blues won, and uh, I thought the I thought the Bruins were gonna win. Uh, that was wrong. I was my predictions for the NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals were both wrong. So, I guess I'm just a jinx. Uh, the they won in seven games. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly won the uh Conn Smythe Trophy. He deserved it. He played very well. Jordan Bennington in, uh, in Game 7 was just a brick wall. They couldn't score on him. Uh, Tarasenko, uh, Tarasenko played well. It was all just... I, I I mean, I don't follow hockey. I don't really follow hockey that much, I, I gotta admit. <laughs> Out of all the four sports, I probably... I, it's, weird. it's funny because I like the sport of hockey. I just don't follow like the players or anything that well. Like, because, so that's a bit of a confession. Unless it's like the Flyers or something. Like, and the Flyers are such a poorly run franchise that sometimes they're just really hard to watch. Like, now they have, uh, they gave Kevin Hayes, like, tons of money. Kevin Hayes is a good player, but, like, is he, he's not, like, is he really worth the money we're, we're giving him? No, he's not. It's, like, Jesus Christ. Like, what, what money, what money is he, how much money is he getting? Like seven million a year, for like eight years, like that's kind of ridiculous. Um, but you know this isn't about the Flyers. Uh, the Blues won, and honestly, I'm glad because they're no longer a legacy of failure. Um, the the Blues probably have the most had at least had the most fitting name of any team in the history of sports. But you know, I'm just I'm I'm happy for them. When it winning your first championship is always a really fun time. I I know what it's like to be a lapping stock and then uh, turning it all around with a championship win. So that's great for them. I'm happy for them. That's cool. Uh, at least I didn't we didn't have to see the Bruins win. Uh, and now the NBA Finals. Uh, I, I was also wrong. I thought the Warriors were gonna win in five or I think it was like five or six. Uh, nope. Even yeah, it was without Durant for all but one game, and then he got he like tore tore his Achilles. But, uh, the uh, Raptors won. Kawhi Leonard got the the deserving Finals MVP. Uh, Skip Bayless cried in the corner, and uh, it was all around. It was a it was a fun time. Even if uh I didn't I I technically wanted the Warriors to win, I'm happy for Kawhi. He he like I said in my uh, last podcast, he. he he totally deserves it, man. Like, even though he like destroyed me, like, I I I felt I have dealt with a lot of disappointment throughout at least throughout my life. Like, I haven't been around long enough to experience some like real like Philly disappointment. I mean, I, like I I was around for even if I was young and don't remember it that well. I was around for the two thousand nine World Series. I'm sure that was disappointing. I was like the when Ryan Howard fell, and uh, he, I think he tore his Achilles. Is that what he did? Yeah, like um, 
on the ground ball in the, uh, what was it, the NLCS against the Cardinals? Or was it, it might have been the NLDS, like, whatever it was in, like, 2011. Uh, even, I don't remember that too well, but that was disappointing. But, you know, that Kawhi buzzer beater, man. Like, all, combine, combine that with also, like, back in uh, January when uh, the Eagles lost when Jeffrey dropped the pass and it was an interception. But, uh, like, there's never been the amount of disappointment that the buzzer beater was. Because we all thought we all thought the game was over, and then Butler made that big play. We were back in the game. We were, we were going to make the run. We were going to win in overtime. And then uh, Kawhi Leonard destroys our hopes and dreams. But you know what? Even if like if Kyle, if, if Kyle Lowry was the one to do that, I would despise him for the rest of my life. I already I already didn't like him, but I would literally want him to just like. I don't know, I would just I would I would hate him, like, like I would legit want him to get hit by a car, live but get hit by a car. Um, so you know, Kawhi Leonard. I'm I'm happy for him. Uh he fully deserves it. Uh that's all I really gotta say. Uh I guess moving on, is there anything else I wanna talk about? Oh yes, there is actually. Um, this has been some big quarterback news. Dak Prescott is now the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Why? Because reasons. Because I guess because Jerry Jones. Like now, here's the thing. Wentz is getting paid $28 million a year now. Was it $28 million a year? It was, some, it was something like that. I, I forget exactly what he's getting paid. but Now, you can tell me that um, Wentz hasn't earned that money yet. And I would agree with you. Now, because you, here's the thing. Wentz has really only had one good, really good, se- good season. It was a great season, that one season. But you can make a sim- you can make a similar argument to Dak, and if if you're if I'm going to be honest with you, throughout if you were to c- compare their careers side by side so far, Wentz has been better. Now, listen, people have sh- I I I have people showing me stats like, yes, Dak is better in a lot of offensive categories, but you have to you also have to take in c- into consideration the fact that Wentz has missed a bunch of games due to injury. And had he played those games, would be far his stats would be far superior to Dax. So, you know, it's all it's all fun and games, but uh, Dak is getting paid thirty four million dollars dollars a year, which is insane. The only quarterback getting paid more than him is Russell Wilson. There are probably ten, at least ten quarterbacks I would pay more than Dak Prescott. Maybe 15. It really depends. But, uh, you know, it is it is what it is. And honestly, it, it's funny as hell because the t- Cowboys have shackled their franchise to a, a decent quarterback. I'll, I'll call – people straight up call Dak trash. He's a decent quarterback. I'll, I'll give him credit where credit is due. But he looks better than he actually is because of Zeke. Because you also remember – you also got to remember the one year – that he didn't for at least most of the time he didn't have Zeke. They went nine and seven and missed the playoffs. Like, that's not a coincidence. Zeke, like without Zeke, Dak is pretty much nothing. And I, I gotta tell you, man. 
I cannot wait. The Eagles are going to be so good this year. Like, unless they unless they get injured again, like everybody gets injured again, like what happened last time. Because if you look at it, the, since uh, the 2017, since the 2016 roster, this has probably been, this is probably their most talented roster. You have uh, Deshaun Jackson coming back, Alshon Jeffrey. Now you, you add J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to the mix. Uh, and now this defensive line, man, is going to do some damage. You have Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson. Uh, Vinny Curry is coming back, which I, I love Vinny Curry. Uh, I'm glad they brought him back. You also have, uh, what the, what's his name, Derek Barnett, uh, who was injured for most of last year, but he's coming back now. Uh, you also you have Andrew Sandejo. They signed him. Uh, I don't know if he's going to... He might just be. He might be a backup safety to uh, Jenkins and McLeod, but you know whatever. And then you have now the corners. You have Avante. Mad- I think Avante. This is going to be a breakout year for Avante Maddox because he showed signs. Uh, he showed great signs last year. The he, my idea for the starting corners will probably be Ronald Darby and Avante Maddox, and you also have um, options of uh, Sidney Jones. Uh, Cravon LeBlanc, and uh, Jalen Mills, and uh, and Russell Douglas, and Russell Douglas. Now, I honestly, I think they should cut Jalen Mills, man. I, I understand. I, I like Jalen Mills as a person, as a you know a guy. I think he's a I think he's a really fun guy. But the problem is he, he's not he's not a good corner. Like uh, like he gets burnt on double moves frequently. And it's it's often enough where it's really really concerning, and I understand Jim Schwartz really likes Jalen Mills. He he likes his upside, and Jalen Mills does have some upside. He can cover guys well. I think he'd be better as a safety than he would be than he as a corner because he he does a lot of like off coverage stuff. Um, but you know we don't really have an opening at safety right now, so that's a bit of a problem. So if if it were up to me. Like I I I wouldn't even consider starting Mills because we have we have a lot of uh pretty good corners Darby, well, I I do think he's he's good, I just don't think he's as good as some people make him out to be, um, but you know it is what it is and, uh, and anyway that that's all I really wanted to talk about and uh, anyway. Uh, before I, before I end the podcast, uh, I understand this is a weird thing to talk about, but it's my podcast, so I'll talk about whatever I want. It, it's, um, I don't know if any of you watch E3, watched E3, or if any of you are into gaming, but something, uh, I found pretty cool was that, um, Nintendo announced that in the next Smash, not the next Smash Brothers game, uh, in this, uh, the Smash Brothers game that is already out, Smash Brothers Ultimate, that Banjo Kazooie will be a DLC character, and I honestly, because here's the thing, uh, I love it. It's it's absolutely amazing because I, I've I've played the first Banjo Kazooie game and it was it's it's a phenomenal game. I've never played Banjo uh, its sequel Banjo Tooie, but uh, I've heard that's also really good. Um, and the thing about Banjo Kazooie is I don't know if any of you know this, but there's a huge huge following behind Banjo. And in the in the Banjo Kazooie series, 
And the fact that um, it was made, the game was made by Rareware, Rare, originally. And uh, it was published by Nintendo because they used to be a second-party developer for Nintendo. Then they were outright bought by Microsoft, which uh, meant that all Rare properties were also owned by Microsoft and Xbox. And they've made one Banjo Kazooie game, uh, and it was it was medi- it was mediocre at best. Uh, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. It was you just make cars, and drive them around. The other Banjo Kazooie games were about adventure, and you know finding like finding the j- jiggies, and in, in that game it's just about making cars. So, like it, it disappointed a bunch of fans, and there's a huge fan base behind it, and they just kind of abandoned the series at least for now. And it's 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 wildly disappointing, but uh, Banjo coming to uh, Smash Bros means so much to so many people, and I really hope they see that and make a new Banjo Kazooie game. Because first of all, I I heard that they, there's been hesitation throughout uh, Rare because they're concerned that it won't sell well, because like you know. The, the younger generation don't, doesn't know what Banjo-Kazooie is. The positive thing about uh, Banjo coming to Smash is that a lot of young people play Smash. And, and take this from a person who is, is in high school, has a lot of uh, friend, friends that play Smash, and a lot of, especially like younger friends. Like I have a younger brother who, has a, who, has, who plays Smash, and a, bu- a bunch of his friends play Smash. And they might not be too familiar with, who, with what Banjo-Kazooie is. And when Banjo comes to Smash... Uh, it introduces the character to a whole new audience. So they're going to be like, hey, I want to play a Banjo-Kazooie game, and then it'll hopefully encourage Rare to make a new Banjo game. Because honestly, it would sell like hotcakes. I, I, like, I, I don't really understand their concerns that it won't sell well. But, you know, that's what, that's what I wanted to say. I, I know that some of you might not care about it, but I thought it was interesting to talk about. So that's all I wanted to say. Uh, thank you, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, it, uh, next podcast will probably be out. I have no idea when it'll probably be out in a couple of weeks. Maybe if maybe the next maybe in like July at some point, I'll probably do like a, a pre like an All Star Weekend podcast or All Star Week podcast. Uh, unless I have, I I'm going to camp one week, so if that's during All Star Week. I won't be able to do it, but whatever. Um, Anyway, uh, I'll see you guys next time. See ya. Bye.